What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 99, here with my guy, Bretton. How are you? Uh, well, I think I am doing better than Manchester United, better than Brendan Rod. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> episode 99, man. We are one away from a century mark. Um, before we even get into the football, our, how are we feeling? 99 episodes later, you still like me or something? Are, are we are we excited for what's uh, what's to come? The journey has just started, Bretton. I'm so excited. <laughs> episode 99. And don't forget to like this video if you're, if you're excited for episode 100 like us. And yes, so much is happening. And in this Premier League season... I'm going to call it the sacking season, okay? Oh, Brendan yeah. Rodgers, Conte, and I think Graham Potter might be next. Because we all see now Fabrizio agreeing with you, Breton, that you mentioned in episode 98 last week, Nagelsmann to Chelsea interest. Which, that would yeah. be so insane, man. But it great really... show, Breton. I wanted to it... shout that first. Great show. It, it, it's 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 unbelievable, but come on. We know what Todd Bowley's doing, and he's looking. There's no way that Todd Bowley did not have his, have on his mind as one of the most intriguing, potentially available managers. It's just, I don't think, as Julian Nagelsmann, I just don't think Bowley ever thought that he would have the chance to go after him now and to do so without a 60, 70, 80 million euro package just to get him to leave Bayern Munich. So uh, if you if you have the chance to go after him, I, this is one of those ones that I agree with you. If he's the one you want, and <laughs> Graham Potter, as of right now, is not working out for you, and he's already lost essentially any Chelsea supporter right there, Todd Bowley, if you're going to spend your economic power, spend it in that capacity, okay? Because you're going to have to grow with this kid. I mean, he's a kid. He's a kid manager still, 35, and he's already got a resume. Um, so sure. it's like the one thing in his spending spree mm -hmm. that I would say, go for it, Todd. Wonder Get kid it manager, wonder kid manager, yeah. but we'll talk more forwards about Chelsea because that loss for Aston Villa didn't look good, but come no. on. So unexpected, but necessary for everyone to watch. That is a successful yeah. rebuild with Newcastle that went bold and beat Man United 2-0. Man United are absolutely dependent on Casemiro and Eriksen. Brun Fernandes needs these two midfielders. McTominay, Sabitzer, not good enough if Man United yeah. are going to get top four. Clearly, Casemiro, one of the most important players in the Premier League. Man United, this is going to be very hard of a month for Man United without yeah. Casemiro now. But, but listen, yes, that is bad. Uh, but if we're talking about most important players uh, for Manchester United, mm. I, I honestly, I, I still don't hear it. I don't hear it enough. And you know what? I haven't heard it uttered from your lips yet, mm. Alex. Kieran Trippier is one of the most important players for Newcastle. And he's probably one of the most important players in the Premier League Fuck. right now. Fuck. Am I so off base in saying that? Like, it, 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 it both Fuck. ways, too. Both it's... ways. His delivery, right his back. consistency. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and he had a hell of a game in that game. But my goodness, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna spotlight Trippier, if you're gonna spotlight Pope, you're gonna spotlight Dan Byrne, you got to spotlight Sven Botman, you got to spotlight Fabian Schar because once again, you just clean she clean sheeted. Is that a verb? It is. But you, can you, say that. <laughs> you know, yeah, it is now. Um, but yeah, come on, 19 goals conceded, 27 games played. Uh, this Newcastle defense is for real, and it's one of the biggest reasons why. Even when they were going through a tough, rough patch, um, that you knew at some point they would get through it, and got through it, they have. Got and Sven Botman, what a game from him! I completely agree with you, yes. Bretton. And Man United in the first half didn't do one shot on target against Newcastle. N hadn't happened in the Premier League it this season, and that was because of Botman, Trippier, and so what a, so solid of Dan Burn of a game, Dan Burn. Yes shockingly left back and now everybody's got to know <laughs> that he's the left back of Newcastle like in Crazy. set pieces Dan Burns heights like he's one more one more to go with Fabian Schaar and Sven Bob Sven Botman and I want to say yeah. Eddie Howe he grabbed this Newcastle team that was fighting for relegation and in 16 months 
he might be getting top four. So the manager of the season next to Arteta will have to most definitely be Eddie Howe. Eddie yeah. Howe is going so bold because Newcastle didn't even spend a huge amounts of money to sort the defense out. I'd say Alexander Isaac paid off. And Brun Guimarães is a world-class midfielder. Not a lot of midfielders can be in the same same sentence that Elf Brun Guimarães, 100%. And, and hey, they're they're tor- turning St. James Park into a uh, fortress again, which True. is exactly what Newcastle fans have, have always wanted. And it's been a very, very long time. And it's a been a tumultuous journey but right now i mean they i'm not gonna say they didn't clearly didn't dominate united united had their chances right uh when all was said and done eh, first half, yeah i guess I so see, first half i see newcastle dominated in my opinion yeah uh, okay all right well and and the funny thing is is they you know for offensively i guess it was it was obviously pretty even it's mm. not like newcastle was knocking on the on the door too too much in that first half but they were doing all this without their top score uh, it, it, whether or not it's a top scorer you ever expected to have, uh, but they were doing this all with uh, Miggy Almarone on the bench, uh, not on the bench. He was in the stands watching the game in the stands. So um, I, I'm excited. And oh, by the way, we didn't even mention the fact that uh, Newcastle is now officially in third place because True. of goal differential. And if you want to compare the goal differentials, this is where it gets absolutely weird. Third place in the Premier League, which is Newcastle United, has a plus 22 goal differential. Uh, fourth place is Manchester United, and they have a plus four goal differential. Defense, um, defense sh- wins titles, <laughs> and for Newcastle, wins them a third place. Yeah, go. man, great stat. It's person. huge. That's a great stat. Yeah. But once again, with this game of Newcastle, we realize that yeah. at Man United, Veghorst isn't the answer. Sabitzer yeah. isn't the answer. Maguire has to go. McTominay get, doesn't give guarantees. Bruno Fernandes doesn't deserve this. Rashford doesn't deserve this. So we have to see new signings, new midfielders, and a top striker in this team. may would have won this game, in my opinion, for Man United. They missed the finisher. And yeah, Veghorst didn't do the job. So I wanted to yeah, highlight and, that. Highlight that. And- I've I've refrained from my um, uh, critiquing of Anthony as of late uh, because he did show signs of maybe pepping up some. But I, I'm oh. he's just I I know he's still he's still in a transition period in the Premier League and and I get it like the compensation package you you expect more from the get go. Um, I'm just not entirely sure that Anthony is going to be the answer long term at Manchester United. He's a bit overpriced. For sure. Sancho is hitting top form. Anthony will be the first winger to go because Rashford let that man at the left. (laughs) Leave that man at the left. But again, Eriksen (laughs) and Kazmiru, very necessary. And I'm talking here midfielders, absolutely necessary. Another team that in this weekend, it was very noticeable they didn't need midfielders, was Liverpool. Man City Mm -hmm. dominated Liverpool with a 4-1 win. At home, and no Erling Haaland, but Julian Alvarez was there. World Cup yeah. winner, 17 goals and assists this season, and he cost Man City 18 million. Already extended his contract, deservedly so, and that's a Man City legend in the making. He does resemble yeah. Aguero, Le Araña, so I wanted to give that first uh, shout. It's true, he does resemble yeah, I- him. And I, I don't know who was saying it. I think I think it was Antonio Cassano that was potentially saying uh, that that Julian Alvarez is a more complete forward than the man himself, Erling Holland. More talented. Um, I, I, potentially more talented, but come on. I mean, I, I'm never going to argue with 42 goals scored in a season, and <laughs> you still got uh, uh, you still got again. Once again, I mean the. The only thing that ever is really going to hold Erling Holland back is Erling Holland himself, right? It's his groin, or it's his, it's his, uh, it's his physical nature, and and whether or not he can stay healthy. And um, oh. hey, guess what? Manchester City did not need him mm-hmm. to shellac Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. And I, I gotta be honest with you, I, I'm almost. I, I get it. Like Liverpool has some of the most, um, uh, the loudest. Um, mm-hmm fans online right i mean next to arsenal i guess uh and i i applaud all of it i love it i love how excited people are for their fandom um but this up and down 
it's going to drive people to heart attacks. It's going to drive people to clinical depression in many ways because it's giving me a headache. After the 7-0 win Mm -hmm. over Manchester United, for all intents and purposes, a historic 7-0 win amidst a terrible, terrible season so far for Liverpool, here's what they've done. They've lost to Bournemouth. They lost to Real Madrid, ending all hope of a Champions League run. They lost to Manchester City after scoring the first goal. And guess what, Alex? It does not get any better. On Tuesday, they play Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and that's a desperate Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then on Sunday, um, they could potentially play spoiler to Arsenal's title bid. Uh, when they take on Arsenal at home. So I don't know how people are Liverpool fans these days um, because the up-and-down Jekyll and Hyde is so hard to keep track of. That was just a trash performance <laughs> when all is said and done. It's true, it's true. And then when you see the next season, Firmino's already, he's going to leave. Naby Keita's going to yeah. leave. Liverpool will have to sign new players. So I'm very yes. curious to see what's going to happen next season for Liverpool. But going back to Man City on my end, I want to shout out City legends in the making. It's not companies that we're, we're talking here. I'm talking here of a player, Riyad Mahrez, a Man City legend yeah. that now is the Premier League, uh, in the Premier League has the most assists for an African player with 56. A legend wow. that won the Premier League too with Leicester. He surpassed Didier Drogba with this stat. So... Congratulations to Mahrez. And another legend that... The reason why, too, another legend that is vital for Man City to win four leagues in five years is Akin Gundogan. Gundogan Mm. against Liverpool was everywhere, and he showed the ability and the experience that he has. World Cup, like, world-class midfielder. Ah, World Cup. But uh, I want to say Gundogan is underrated. One of the most underrated midfielders this decade, in my opinion, and then again, a Man City legend and Dachmannschaft legend too. Like he was a remembered at Dortmund, and technically, he's so gifted. Gundogan wanted yep. to shout him out. Well, essentially, what you're telling me is that Pep Guardiola is going to have a tough way forward because he's going to have to do some replacing long term mm, as well. So tough. And it's like, not as because like yeah. Perone was. He's, he, he, he's been signed. Maxime Perrone yeah. for nine million. Cole Palmer's growing. You got Enrico Lewis there. James McAtee. Yeah, I, I, I see. But, 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 he does it. I think he does it. But listen, yeah, James McAtee. I get, I get all that. But like, if we're signing players, you know, like uh, I don't know, Mudrick for potentially a package of you know a hundred million or whatever it was, baseline sixty million pounds. Okay, and we're we're buying them now for the future because it hasn't exactly panned out right away. Then, then what are we expecting from like a Maximo Perone coming in uh, who really hasn't played too, too much uh, top tier ball mm-hmm. uh, to just slot in for a Gunduan? So I think he's going to need somebody well beyond Perone. Um, I think mm-hmm. they're going to actually need to sign somebody. I mean, do you not agree? You really think Perone is just a step on in, you got it, bud? I think Perone next season will already have minutes in the Prem. I think you got okay. players there like, again, I say Cole Palmer. I think my, Calvin yeah. Phillips didn't work out, but Jack Grealish, mm-hmm. he's showing results now. I think the overall mm-hmm. squad at Man City, they're just ridiculous depth. And even Guardiola, yeah. he became the fastest manager to reach 100 wins in the Premier League and 128 goals. And he does that because of the ridiculous options that he has. He has so much money yeah. available for every transfer market. That if he doesn't win, like people are gonna point yeah. fingers. And again, no Erling Haaland playing, but Erling Haaland signed a big lucrative deal with Nike that he's gonna be getting 25 million per yeah. season. So Nike have Mbappe and Erling Haaland. So like this is dominance. That's a big move from Nike when's to he gonna, sign him. When's he gonna get his own shoe, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting that most certainly. But it's interesting <laughs> to see Norway is sponsored by Nike too. So a bit like Portugal, yeah. Ronaldo maybe in the future. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Fair enough. I, I am glad and I do need to kind of echo your sentiment. It was kind of buried in there as you walk through the depth. But Jack Grealish had a very, very good game against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And and he was he was everywhere, uh, whether it's foul suffered uh, whether it was the, I believe he assisted the the equalizer, right? Mm-hmm. And then he actually added one of his own um, later on in the match. 
Uh, but most importantly, he actually was back on one of those plays where was it like a goal line clearance or a goal line um, type of uh, interception, if you will, that was knocked back. It was a pretty dangerous counter that he stopped. So uh, listen, Grealish is not the hundred million man that I think people were expecting, but ultimately um, at least they're getting some money for what he's, he's growing into a role. He really is growing into a role at Manchester City. So uh, he deserves love for that game. He deserves love. I think he's popped up in some other big fixtures. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, uh, I, I think he had and- against Liverpool. And I think he also had a very good game against Arsenal, um, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. But and I have to go back in, to my notes. True, that. true. They beat in the Emirates. Yeah. But Arsenal did play yeah. better that game. I remember that one. Yeah. Okay. And it, it was like more of an yeah. efficient one. I think 3-1. I'm not sure on the results, yeah. but yeah, hmm. uh, 3-2 maybe. But uh, yeah, that's true. And you talked about Arsenal right now. Hmm, we got to yeah. talk about them. 4-1 win and Arsenal are nine wins away. <laughs> nine games away of winning the Premier League. And Arteta, what a month it's been this past month for Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah. Arteta yeah. wins the, the best manager of the month. Saka uh-huh. wins for the first time best player of the month in the Premier League and Ramsdale has the best save in the Premier League and let's shout let's talk about Arsene Wenger being in the Hall of Fame okay so that was another big award for Arsenal fans that Wenger deserves it so much next to Alex Ferguson the two managers to start to go to the Hall of Fame of the Premier League so I was really happy about that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's all good stuff. But I think the most important development here, as you mentioned, they're heading into the home stretch of the season as they try and win the Premier League title. And the most important development for Mikel Arteta beyond his, what what is it, fourth coach of the month award in yes. the Premier League, uh, it is the fact that he's got Gabby Jesus back. And my goodness, <laughs> is he back. Scoring his first goals, I believe, his first and second goals since, uh, I don't know, October? games, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's back from injury, and my goodness, if he plays the way that he played, okay, and I get it, there was a weird dive, and there were some other things, hey, doesn't matter, that guy covers ground, and that is a weapon you absolutely need and depth you need as you approach uh, the end here, uh, but I, I have to remind you that after this brace from Gabby Jesus, okay, Arsenal now have five gunners in the top 15 of goal involvements in the Premier League. Okay, so we've got Gabby Jesus at 15th with 12. We've got Gabriel Martinelli at 10th with 16. Leandro Trossard, yes, there's some Brighton uh, goals and assists in there. And Odegaard tied for 7th with 17. And Saka in 3rd with 22 goal involvements. 5 in the top 15. I mean, that's that's a team affair, is it not? That's, ver- that's a great stat right there. And again, this Arsenal team, if they win the league... It's because of the overall involvement of the team. Saka, Martinelli. Saka wasn't starting against Leeds, but Martinelli was there in Trossard. The efficiency of Martinelli this season. Played every game in the Premier League for Arsenal. And he's got 13 goals and three assists. Like two Mm. goals away of becoming the Brazilian with the most goals scored in one season in the Premier League. Martinelli will do that. Under-22 talent. That's that's great to see. And again, Arsenal signed Leandro Trossard this January. And they didn't sign Mudrik. That is true. He's got zero goals, one assist. And Trossard has one goal and seven seven assists. Ridiculous involvement. (laughs) And that might be the signing that ends up winning the league for Arsenal. So you were right on that one, man. <laughs> but Mudrik long-term. Mudrik long-term. Yeah, I mean, Mudrik long-term, but we're talking about Trossard like he's, you know, 46 years old. Trossard's going to be around a while. And Mudrik is, uh, if Todd Bowley is um, who I think he is, <laughs> I don't think his patience is going to last the eight-year contracts that he has been signing these players to. You know, and uh, do I think Mudrik will come good? Sure. I think so. But uh, I, I, know, I know that most of the people that are maybe more critical than I am, mm. uh, whether it's on Twitter or wherever, uh, they took that one highlight and they ran with it. Yes, I don't understand what Mudrik was doing on that breakaway. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why he was just trying to pass it, whatever. I, but that's, that's I, yes, Mudrik is young enough. I think he will... He, he will get through this. He's transitioning. And it was probably naive of everyone to think that he would just hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, um, I, I honestly believe uh, the, the biggest thing 
that is going to be needed for for Arteta and Arsenal this offseason, um, whether they win this or not, right? Whether they win it or not, and I am trending in the direction of sticking with my assumption that they're going to win this thing. They are going to take it to the finish line. Mikel Arteta probably needs to get paid more. Hmm. Anyone? Ah. I mean, have we done an extension for him yet? It's true. Because he's not he's not in top ten paid. <laughs> you know how much Potter you know how much Potter's getting paid? Thirteen point five million, which is quite you, bold. You saw it. <laughs> it's it's quite bold. And you know that that's like four times higher than what Arteta's getting paid base salary? And Chavi. And Chavi. And Chavi. Chavi <laughs> was tenth on that list, that's, right? That that the twelfth. Twelfth. But 12th. just so people Oof. have a perspective. The mo the most the top well paid managers in football we have Simeone with thirty four million we have Guardiola with twenty two so that's a twelve million difference third Klopp with eighteen fourth Graham Potter thirteen point five million uh, and fifth Allegri Allegri twelve point eight million and Xavi earns. 3.8. He's number 12th. And you're mentioning that Arteta is not even in the list. Not even in the yeah. list, which is embarrassing. I was I absolutely it. like Nico, Nico Kovac. Yes. Nico Kovac oh. and Xabi Alonso are both making more money than Mikel Arteta. Xabi so, Alonso deserves. Um, Xabi Alonso yeah. deserves. Uh, in my so far? Really? Mm -hmm. He's, yeah. he's he's barely he's barely even in the European contention for Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen will go on. They are in a deep run in European competitions, yeah. and they're eight games unbeaten, which I will be referring uh, to them more forwards in a three-four-three formation. That Xabi Alonso genius. Yeah. But if Arteta would yeah. sign the contract now, I think he'll be earning yeah. the five million that Xabi Alonso is earning too. So it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> Kovac for me is shocking, earning above of Xavi. But again, it, it, we're, yes, we're yes. mentioning mm -hmm. all this earning more, earning less. And mm -hmm. why we might be seeing another manager going to Chelsea, as we were talking mm -hmm. about with Graham Potter, that, yes, he's earning 13.8. But that loss, that loss to Aston Villa was so, yeah. like, it's, it's damaging mental-wise, in my opinion. Losing 2-0 in the Stamford Bridge. Enzo Fernandez, he couldn't do anything. He looked, he looked so lost on that field. And Mudrik, mm. yes, that was a bad miss that everybody on Twitter was saying, oh, he's not Eden Hazard, that we see Eden yeah. Hazard now in Real Madrid having, playing, but that's another talk. Oh. But, that's, because, but that's, that's also because Eden Hazard actually was doing what he was doing for Lille. I mean, we look at Mikhailo Mudrik's uh, CV, right, and where he's come from. He didn't break in to the 11 at Shakhtar until really relatively recently. And he's not 17. He's not, he wasn't doing it at 17. He wasn't doing it for Lille, like Eden Hazard, before coming to the Premier League. And yes, mm -hmm. there's massive differences between Lille and the Premier League, just as there are massive differences between the Ukrainian Premier League, especially one that is going through a war, mm -hmm. and the Premier League. So I am, uh, one, I'm not worried about Mudrik long-term. I think we might wind up coining him as way too expensive for what they bought him and they probably could have bought him for a whole lot less uh mm. if it were any other different period of time and it wasn't directly after a five billion dollar sale um but when it comes down to it um uh I i'm more surprised how slow the attacking buildup uh or how slow more so how slow the decision making is for every attacking player on that pitch, save maybe Jao Felix. Yeah. Everyone looked a step too slow. Like they gave him that little bit of hesitation that allowed uh, Courtney House or whoever the heck was part of that center back Walking. line that does not oh, involve Diego Carlos right now until he's back healthy again. Villa's going to look good when they get him back. But um, they allowed them to shut them down every time. Kai Havertz was like a step too slow the whole flipping game. And it was like the whole attack, except for Jao Felix. And to be honest, I think the person that played with probably the most intent, especially okay. attacking intent for Chelsea, beyond Enzo, because I think he's kind of a shoe-in, it was Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell is the only one that literally takes it down and then immediately looks to do something dangerous with it. And you really aren't seeing that elsewhere. Um, but, so I, I think that's a Potter thing. I don't know if that's a player thing. I, they're like caught, caught in a mindset 
that that freezes them that instance and it was just infuriating to watch because it felt like they should have been able to put a couple past Emiliano Martinez true true and and great shout yeah. Bretton of the lack of finishing at Chelsea Kai Harvard's sure. ain't doing it. Sterling ain't doing it. I'd put Ziyech more. Jean Felix, he's doing everything he can do, and he's playing well, in my opinion. But he needs yeah. a top striker in front of him. Lukaku next season should even be considered on loan, okay? That and Broja injured. Broja would be playing with Felix. Yeah. It would be better. That's what, what that than what's in this play. But the player. The player that I'm going to blame. And I'm going to blame Potter putting him in this scheme. In a three-center-back system, Graham Potter put Cucurella playing at the same time that Ben Shilwell. That can't right. happen when on the bench you have Shaloba <laughs> and Benoit Badiashile that's playing good football. I know it's left center-back, but still. Cucurella does mistakes, and he can't play in that position of center-back. And again, again, again. Next to Ben Shilwell? What? How can that happen? Kolabali, Reese James, Ben... Sh I, I couldn't understand the tactics. And that's what's infuriating. You look at this Chelsea team, you see a squad. But the organization, in a press conference, after losing 2-0 to Aston Villa, Graham Potter, yeah. you shouldn't be talking about the XG of McGinn. That's not what Chelsea fans want to listen when you're going to play play Karim, the dream and Ramadan season at Real Madrid. That's not what you're yeah. going to focus about. So again, I really, the more time passes, the more I think this, it's, Graham Potter's going to leave Chelsea 11th. They're uh, in the second page of the Premier League right now. And they're closer to the relegation fight than to the top, top four fight. That says it all. It? And it's not getting yeah, and it's not getting easier for them anytime soon, it right? Won't. They've got uh they've got Liverpool coming their way. Um but and also yeah, with that the free agency uh depth getting much deeper when it comes to managers. Uh yeah, Todd Bowley has has a decision to make. Um and if Julian Nagelsmann was actually on the short list from day 1 mm. uh as his most wanted person, uh probably next to Zinedine Zidane. Uh, Nagelsmann, I think it's, I think you just have to do it. And this, from a manager perspective, Graham Potter at Brighton spoke to me. I, I believed it. <laughs> I mean, he was in his element. Uh, he was not quite a minnow in a, you know, in a big pond. He was more of like a medium sized fish. Mm. Wasn't quite the shark. Wasn't quite the minnow. He was somewhere in between and he was content to be that. I still don't fault him for taking this job and wanting to go, but man, does he look, he looks a man defeated. And he looks a guy trying to, to make it look like it's rolling down his back and he doesn't care that much. And that, in turn, is infuriating people. Very it is true. infuriating people, including myself, who rate I rate him. I still rate Graham Potter as yeah. a Premier League manager, just not maybe uh, the guy you want to, um, I don't know, entrust your $5 billion franchise um, to at this moment in time while you throw 650 new players at him every flipping transfer window. Uh, but I, I think before we before we go, you know, any further beyond this Chelsea game, I also have to give kudos to Unai Emery True. and to Aston Villa because uh, Ollie Watkins was uh, um, a lost puppy at the beginning of this season <laughs> and at the end of last season. Most villain fans were like, ready to cast him off into the, you know, into the sunset or whatever you, whatever that saying is, he's now the first villain to score in five consecutive away games and his fifth one being at Stamford bridge. Um, and on top of that, you've got a 21 year old Jacob Ramsey homegrown Jacob Ramsey outplaying almost everyone on that pitch on the day. Okay. Almost everybody on that pitch. And it's it's Unai Emery has a canvas from which he can paint the next several years, and I'm I'm really intrigued about this Aston Villa team uh, from here on out uh, with all the players. Diego Carlos coming back, Emiliano Martinez saying he's happier than all get out there and putting in a shift as well. Douglas um, Luiz, but that's extended, like before yeah, and the, he, the yeah. summer ended. I completely agree with yeah. you, Bretson. And I'm yeah. gonna say Unai Emery. Stevie G's sacking and the Unai Emery appointment was the best thing ever happened to Aston Villa. Because since right. then, 
Only Arsenal and Man City have more wins than Aston Villa in the Premier League. Nine wins in the Premier League, okay? So big, <clears throat> big shout out to Unai Emery for the phenomenal job that he's doing. Because this team, they were in the relegation battle maybe if he wasn't doing this good of a job that we see at West Ham. That we see at West Ham. That we see Conte yeah. being sacked at Tottenham. We now see t- Tottenham fans, understandably so, saying, we have no hope. We have no hope yeah. with Daniel Levy there. Because Conte and Mourinho, that are serial winners, cannot win at Tottenham. And Mourinho was even sacked before a, 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 a cup final. That was ridiculous yeah. at the time. And Mourinho would have won the first trophy of Tottenham's new management, a hundred percent, and a ridiculous. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. At, at least Spurs fan have seen their new boss. He was just freed up, mm. okay, Who? and that's Brendan Rodgers. Uh what you reckon? You reckon? I do. I I think that's right up Daniel Levy's alley. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. Harry Kane's leaving uh, with that. Harry Kane's leaving with that. He probably is. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> but I, I I for some reason I just. Yeah, no, Brendan Rodgers, Tottenham. Yep, seems like it fits. I could see that happen, but Vincent Company would be bolder. <laughs> but I see, yeah, but I, I would prefer Vincent Company. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I know Brendan Rodgers four years, four phenomenal years. Well, not the ending, <laughs> never the ending. <laughs> but, yeah. but Brendan Rodgers in the four years at Leicester, he won an FA yeah. Cup, he won a Community he Shield, and yes, Leicester was always fighting. To, to, to get good positions in the Premier League. He, so overall, it wasn't bad. Twice. Fifth twice. And you, you got to remember what happened in Leicester City, right? I mean, we know we all remember 2015, 2016. We remember Sir Claudio Ranieri. I don't actually think he's a sir. But Claudio Ranieri, I mean, that guy went from hero to villain pretty quickly. Not mm-hmm. villain, like well-respected guy that needs to leave like right away. That True. type of situation. Uh, but... Uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers leaves Leicester City with a better, better winning percentage than Claudio Ranieri. Mm. Than Claudio Ranieri. It was 47% to 44%. Okay? So I actually do agree in some respects. Like, it's not ambitious in a in a Spurs sense, I guess. Or, or But it's a guy that can show that he can do very, very well. And he's shown it at multiple places, okay? Mm. Uh, no, has he has not become the personality that a Jose Mourinho is. He has not become the personality. But Spurs aren't, I'm going to say it, Spurs are probably not going to win it with somebody like, well, now we can say it because Antonio Conte has been sacked. But a personality that is basically bigger than the club itself. It's Okay? But, and, but, but, and you need somebody that's going to be part of the fabric of the club. And I believe Brennan Rodgers could actually be that person, even <laughs> if it does feel like they're under under ambitioning, which is definitely completely. not a verb, but I just made it one. But they are yeah. under under ambitioning because, like, Conte <laughs> didn't get financial backing. And if they get Brendan Rodgers, when you have Luis Enrique available, when you have now Julian yeah. Nagelsmann available, it's going to be one of the biggest disappointments of this century in football. I'm going to say yeah. that. It's going to be ridiculous for Tottenham fans. I want to see their reactions afterwards. And if we're talking Chelsea... Like, long-term, in the history of football, it will be seen yeah. as ridiculous, this, the choice of sacking Thomas Tuchel and putting top, mm. uh, Graham Potter as a top-five earner in managers in football. It will be seen as ridiculous, long-term. <laughs> I wanted to yeah, say it that. Probably, it, it probably will be. It was definitely a, a little jumping the gun, uh, if you will, after what has come after this it's absolutely unbelievable that it ever happened in the first place but listen mm. uh leicester city's um i'm sorry leaving or exit uh as of mutual consent so it's not technically a sacking if you will but brendan rogers leaving leicester city that becomes i believe the 12th departure of a manager uh in this premier league season which is not just a record it it blows the other record of 10 out of the water it's the 12th in one season and we're likely going to see one or two or maybe even three more and we might even see one as soon as tuesday when liverpool (laughs) and chelsea face off and it's graham potter versus jurgen klopp um so i I think rogers whether it's tottenham whether it's wherever i think he's got a cv well enough good enough robust enough he'll land on his feet he'll land on his feet you know but my goodness you could go through a almost a best 11 of managers right now that are sitting 
waiting for a call. And uh, it, it's only going to get more crowded out there. Come on, Antonio Conte, Julian Nagelsmann, Brendan Rodgers, Patrick Vieira. Zidane. I mean, we could throw a bunch of Zidane. Oh, Zidane's been there. Zidane's like sipping his pina colada somewhere, I guess. Give I a blank know. check to Zidane. Um, I don't know how much yeah. he should be earning, but Zidane should most definitely be in the top three earners of managers. If Grant Potter's earning yeah. 13.8, like Zidane yeah. should be earning 25. <laughs> Double. But double, yeah. But double on I, that. <laughs> I know, but you know, Zidane's waiting for that French national team. Won't is happen. what it seems like. Um, but I really, really, really quick, uh, quick tangent. I have to say, mm. the the women's French women's uh, yes. uh, signing of Hervé Renard, love it, <sighs> absolutely love it. And I, I I wish him good luck. That French uh, team is just waiting for a women's world cup at some point. And if he can get that ship rolling in the right direction, I think he's got other massive opportunities in the future. Um, but anyway, complete and utter, uh, you know, tangents that I just wanted to throw out there. But be honest, if we're on tangents, yeah. I think we need to sure. t- talk <laughs> about the new manager that was bold. It was a bold appointment of Bayern Munich that had an answer against Borussia Dortmund this weekend. The Thomas Tuchel era has officially started with captain Thomas Muller, the heartbeats of Bayern Munich. And seeing Thomas Muller playing like that against Dortmund, it's bad news to every team in the Champions League. This is one of the most underrated legends of this century in football and one of the top assisters ever in football too. And to see Thomas Tuchel exploiting the best out of him, Hi, it just makes sense. Thomas Tuchel signing for ba- Bayern Munich. It's the best decision of, of his life. Once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity, close to his family. And he's in Germany, where he's from. And he's always competing for European competition with the, with the Champions League. It's the best decision yeah. of his life for Thomas Tuchel. And I think it's pretty clear uh, before we actually talk about him making some changes changes because he has made changes it's it's a it's a different system it is not that the thomas two i mean it's only been one game but we'll mm-hmm. see uh it looks different right on paper uh, uh but I, I think for Bayern to ever lose a bundesliga title okay <laughs> i think Bayern or i think bundesliga fans in general need to see thomas mueller hang up his boots um True. i don't think i don't think dortmund i don't think whoever uh gladbach wolfsburg leverkusen leipzig i don't think any of them are ever getting their hands on it as long as thomas Mueller is still putting on a Bayern shirt okay because uh, i mean it 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 was just impressive how he took that over now let's be honest here okay i kind of agree maybe (laughs) okay Uh, i like the maybe at the end but uh (laughs) thomas thomas tuchel got possibly the best gift handed to him True. At the beginning of a dear class, dear classicer, uh, and that was from Gregor Klo- uh, Kobel uh, at the 13th minute, uh, going out, and he wanted the manual newer, uh, you know, sweeper keep the crap out of some overhit through ball from uh, uh, Upa Makano, I think it was, completely yes. whiffed, and it went right into the back of the net, ushered there by Leroy Sane, um, and my goodness, it, that right after that, you knew the momentum had fully shifted. Any brightness that Dortmund came out with was gone. And uh, by then, I think within 15, 20 minutes after that, it was 3 nothing, and the game was over, True. right? Um, so Gregor Kobel, that stinks uh, for one, and it, it takes away from an otherwise good season that he has, I think, had for Dortmund. No, um, I think that but my goodness. cost Dortmund the title. Like oh, the it definitely did. I think that, that was my maybe. I was going to say, but maybe don't have the worst fixture that you've had all season on the most important day of your team season. Um, exactly. And that was just, and, and I think he was at, he was at fault. Koble was at fault on the third goal too. Mm-hmm. So that was just tough because, you know, for guys that uh, I love watching the Bundesliga, I, I love it. Absolutely love it more so for the young guys that they give chances to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing that is the running joke or running annoyance for us that love to watch the Bundesliga that don't, follow a club in particular is that it's the same team that wins every year and my goodness it's as if the script had been written that this was going to happen and it feels like it happens every dang season so um thomas Mueller, 
<laughs> Thomas Mueller, come come to MLS or something. I don't know. <laughs> Let us give you a nice retirement package in the MLS uh, so that we could maybe see a different team win the Bundesliga at some point. Doesn't, even then, it's not guaranteed. Doesn't Philly have like a German player there? Wagner. Yeah, I got Kai Wagner. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what to do, Kai Wagner. Go and talk to Thomas yeah. Mueller and go to Philly. <laughs> yeah. Let's get it done. Oh, my that, God. That, Thomas that, Mueller in Philadelphia. But the, the chances of that happen is like me uh, uh, me ever lifting a World Cup trophy, okay? I, 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 <laughs> love it. Love it. Sean Steiger did go to Chicago Fire. So, I am like, we don't know. We might see something well, happen. But, like, the, 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 wait, 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 the best story about that is uh chicago fire won a game i think and bastian schweinsteiger was like in the highlight package and a chicago um news anchor said oh or no no somebody uh, one of the media members asked him you know how's it feel to win the world's cup he's not even in the world's cup he doesn't even know you know it just it's just proof that yeah we have a long way to go in terms of as uh, a media covering soccer slash football in this country anyway but, where but, are we going with it but with Dortmund, i just want to say dortmund yes. on my end edin terzic is still the right appointment the great management that he's yeah. done with dortmund yes they have a young team a jude bellingham one of the captains next to marco Reus, deservingly so but to compete against Bayern munich is very very hard and it's so sad yeah. to see dortmund like, Bayern's, Bayern is going to win the league after this huge psychological win to Dortmund. And you see Reus, yeah. Hummels. you got, you got so many players that are going to leave next season at Dortmund. Maybe. So, yeah. it's a new era. Rafael Kreir. So, <laughs> Rafael Kreir, he is. He was important for Dortmund long term. But mentioning was, yeah. Bundesliga, I wanted to say a shout on my end. I mentioned briefly at the start of the pod. But Xabi Alonso, I am not joking. Xabi Alonso is one of the most promising managers in the world of football. He knows his stuff, mm. Xabi Alonso. And he's eight games unbeaten with Bayer Leverkusen with this 3-4-3 formation that they beat Bayern Munich, this Bayer Leverkusen mm. team, with the young bucks of Florian Wirtz, Musa Diaby, mm. and the biggest star with Xabi Alonso, Jeremy Fringpong, the whiff from the right side. They just attack so well from that right inside in the 3-4-3 formation. Great circulation yeah, on ball and the counter-attacking. You don't see that in, in, the, in the Bundesliga with a lot of teams, but you see them with Leverkusen, with the fast pace of Patrick Schick, Diaby, and obviously now Wirtz doing that decision-making. So, Xabi yeah. Alonso, keep doing what you're doing because that, that's great okay. work. Great work. Uh, and the, 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 the personnel was just made for him. The personnel was absolutely made for him. But yeah, that right side, I think between Frimpong and Diaby, that might be one of the better right sides in the world. In right? form, yeah. And in form right now, absolutely. Just in form, I'm saying. Yeah, not <laughs> like consistently over time. But it could be if they can hold on to him. And that's a big mm. if. And, and, and they're also amassing, you know, have quite the young defensive core that has yet to get the he's yet to get the best out of them. But you've mentioned them many, many times in the past. I mean, we we are big fans of Top Sobo, we're big fans of Hinkapi, we're Kusunu. big fans of Frimpong and big fans of Kusunu, exactly. Um, and they even are starting the uh, I mean they're starting the trend of pooling in wantaways. Mm. Um, but it's somebody I was gonna bring up when we were talking about Chelsea just Man, we haven't talked about Callum Hudson Adoy. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, at 22 years old, uh, if, like you said, you can't win over one of the best young managers, up and coming managers on the planet in Shabby Alonso, and he has not won him over, period. I don't know what else to say and where else it is for a guy like Callum Hudson Adoy to go. I mean, I remember the days when he was so electric every time he would get in Sahi. a game. And, and now, yeah. Was with Where? Sahi. He was playing with Marisha yeah, yeah, Sahi, yeah, yeah, people yeah. say. You're then right. he signed the extension, Kalamatsunadoy, that a lot of people yeah. said, once he gets that extension, we're not going to see him at the same level. The truth is, mm. Atsunadoy, he thought he was going to play first-team football at all times at Chelsea. Chelsea went yeah. to sign wingers, and now the question is, Will we see Atsun Odoi ever play for Chelsea? I could see something like Reese Nelson, like come came back from that foreigner lo loan, a much better player. And but I don't think Atsun Odoi will play with Grandpa. No. If it's Nagelsmann, uh, well, I could see Atsun Odoi getting a chance. 
but mm, maybe but he's, he's barely even in, he's barely played in 2023 and it, it's amazing to me because i remember there was that that feeling of hope uh end of october i think mm. he had a goal in the champions league against atleti atleti yeah it was against atletico madrid um and there i thought for a second he was going to beat out amin adli he was going to beat out some of these other guys to play more consistently um and it just ha- it hasn't come to fruition and we obviously don't know what goes on behind behind the scenes but i just that's that's one of those kind of what ifs and you wish he left sooner you wish he went to a place where they would actually nurture him uh you wish maybe he would have taken a loan earlier on um but I mean, my goodness uh, he's not getting by musa diaby he's not getting by i mean oddly he's not getting by these guys anytime soon because they are absolutely on fire under shabby alonso great so. show and a player just to go as a bridge for for topic that is that's just yeah. like Asunodoy, i hope he doesn't go to this extent mm. of bad form it's anzu fati yeah. with barcelona yes. anzu fati yeah. has scored his first goal since october and to see chavi Playing the youth of La Masia the way he is with Pedri, not Pedri, a young player like Pedri, Gavi there, Balde involved, Ronaldo Rouge involved, and then on the bench of the Barca team, we see Pedroza there, we see Angel, Angel the striker, great player. It's, it's, it's great decisions overall in, in Barca. Yeah. And Barca, this season, wins the league because of their defense. 20th clean ah. sheet in 27 <laughs> games. Christensen right transfer. Balde, great, great decision to put him up. Ronaldarouche, Conde. Ha! Only right moves from Chaffee. And the biggest star yeah. of them all is Lewandowski. Lewandowski this season, 33 games, 26 goals, 6 assists. And he's still adapting to Barcelona. Next season, the Champions League, like... He's setting his eyes to the Champions League. Top scorer of the Champions League. Let's see if that happens. It, that's wishful thinking if it happens. But it, expectations it, are high. And it, it, it's funny you bring that up, right? Obviously, this was Elche, and we they're, they're way, way at the bottom of the table and worst goal differential by far. So you expected Lewandowski to put on a show, right? Uh, but it's crazy that he was also coming off of possibly one of the more rockier, rough form, you know, pieces of form uh, that he's had. And he is up to, what'd you say, 27 goals, seven 26. assists through all comps? 26, 26 goals. Six. But in oh, the league, my gosh. in the league, uh, Lewandowski yeah. is the top goal scorer with 17 goals. And Karim the Dream wow. Benzema is with 14 goals. I think Barca is wow. going to win the league and Lewandowski is going to win the top striker. Yes, I know wow. Ramadan Benzema <laughs> scored three goals in seven minutes. But Lewandowski yes. scored five goals in nine minutes in the past. So both but, are top strikers. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, though. Like, color me absolutely surprised that Xavi, <laughs> coming from Al Saad, his only other real managerial experience, winds up being not quite the best offensive coach, mm-hmm. but the best defensive coach uh, in La Liga. And it's not even close. In terms of using your personnel and having a structure and – um, you know, uh, he even pushed Eric Garcia out over time, and now he's got Eric Garcia playing what midfield. He played he played DM at, at uh, versus Elche. I'm not saying he's good at it, but he certainly was <laughs> serviceable as a backup because they have to prepare for a future without Busquets. And even beyond that, he was also smart enough to finally. And we remember this name because you and I have talked about La Masia for a mm. long period of time and the depth of some of these prospects that kind of get lost yeah. along the way. Alex Garrido, 19-year-old midfielder, was a guy we knew about when he was 15, 16. I mean, he was – and injuries injuries got in the way, and it was just wonderful to see him finally get – it was 13 minutes I think he got. But it was wonderful to finally see him uh, get his shot. Um, But uh, when it comes to Ansu Fati, right, uh, it's one of those kind of – we're dealing with it with Gio Reyna, right? Mm. Gio Reyna's mom and dad can't shut up. And I, I, I shouldn't be maybe that harsh, but they should shut up, okay? Because they're affecting um, their very talented, uh, pretty decent human being son's uh, actual career, okay? Um, and Ansu Fati's father decided to jump on a podcast or jump on, do an interview or something, and say what we all know. Ansu Fati would get more playing time if he signed elsewhere, Right. And I, I, it is true. But like, do we need to say it, Mr. Father? I like, hope he does stays it need, need to happen? I hope he stays I, I, I hope he stays at, 
I hope he stays at Barca too. But listen, you're probably not going to play. If you're playing in a system, you're not, unless you're Robert Lewandowski and you turn into Robert Lewandowski, uh, you're probably not going to play as much as you'd like to. You know, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Ansu Fati is in and of himself uh, made of something much less stronger than most. OK, I, not because something is wrong with him, but he is injury prone and is. being injury prone this young. That's not that doesn't just go away. Ask Guzmane Dembele. He's been fighting it for seven years, still six is. years. Still yeah, it still is. So injured. I I. I honestly, I just think him maybe being in such what is only going to get a more competitive atmosphere at Barcelona, uh, uh, it actually would make sense for Ansu Fati to leave. It's just his I dad should not. probably shut up until the end of the season. I hope not, because no injuries. The best trio in attack for Barca is Fati, Lewandowski, and Usmane Dembele, in my opinion. Mm. Fati's absolutely brilliant. He's so special of a talent. Ever since we yeah. first saw him in the first team of Barca, overshining Messi at the time in that team, Fati was going so, so bold. And I agree, his biggest enemy are the injuries. But I put Fati yeah. in. When he's, when he's without injuries, I put Fati ahead of Ferran. I put Fati ahead of Rafinha. And yeah, okay, Dembele and Fati, like absolute brilliance with the two. Well. But... It's to true. to go back just one last second about uh, Xavi um, mm. and my surprise of how defensively potent uh, this team is. Nine goals conceded, and we are 27 matches into La Liga, the La Liga <laughs> season. Okay, uh, To do a little math there, if I'm not mistaken, that is one goal conceded every three matches. Okay, So this isn't them. Yeah, This is not about them busting Elche wide open who is on their sixth manager this season this is more importantly <laughs> about they're not giving busted you know crap goals away even in games like this where they are expected to win and win big right um they're not even giving goals away they're keeping clean sheets because you know what it's the momentum building thing to do and and they are um very clearly. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I believe it's 74 goals conceded in 78 games since Xavi came in. Oh my Under goodness. one is pretty dang good. Under yeah. one is pretty dang good, and that's, considering that there were, it was a rocky period in the beginning. And that's nine goals conceded so. in the league, right? Yes. So, Ronald Araujo is no doubt in my mind one of the best center backs in the world. You can put him number one this season for me, Ronald Araujo. Nine goals conceded in the league only? And when yeah. Barca lose the Crazy. Champions League is when Ronaldo Rouge is injured in those games. He's vital, so, absolutely vital to this team. And let's see what yeah. happens with Frankie de Jong and other players might be leaving Barca in the offseason. But mentioning, we have an El Clasico 2 coming in five days' time. And look, it's, I said it, I said it fast, and it's Ramadan season. So if it's Ramadan season, we see Kareem the Dream <laughs> Scoring in seven minutes, a hat-trick for Real Madrid. One of the best players yeah. I've ever seen for Real Madrid. And yes, now leading up to a game against Chelsea. All Chelsea fans should be afraid of this Kareem Ramadan season dream. So let's see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say it, and I don't know how, uh, uh, how mature this thought is. Um, I believe that Real Madrid's problem this season have, have been less about the players and actually been more about Carlo Ancelotti. Um, right. I honestly do believe Carlo Ancelotti has been thinking about the next step this whole season. And it only kind of further confirms that with his recent comments about, oh yeah, Brazil wants me, uh, Brazil wants me, yeah, yeah, but, but don't worry. My, my attention is fully on Real Madrid. You know when you tell us that, when you, when you ha- feel like you have to tell us that your attention is on Real Madrid... It feels like you're telling me that your attention is not on Real Madrid. Uh, you know what I mean? I, tr- I get and you. I, I get you. I, I think his mind. I think his mind is drifting. And it, you know, to be honest, Barcelona is 15 points ahead of them. Is Barcelona 15 points the better team? Mm. Uh, no, they're still in the Champions League, though. Real Madrid. They are still in the Champions League. They absolutely are there. <laughs> and may, maybe his mind will come around for it. But I, I think Kareem Benzema and the player pool is going to um, kind of take take the, the, the scruff of the, the competition uh, oh. by its neck. But 
But I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing here when it comes to Ancelotti because it does – part of me feels like one half of one foot is already out the door. I think Carlo Ancelotti won't be at Real Madrid next season. And especially no, seeing the news with Pochettino being mentioned. Zidane to be back. Raul uh, taking Enrique? over from Castilla. Luis Enrique? No, 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 no. no. 100% Luis Enrique ain't going to Real Madrid, Bretton. 100% no? he ain't going. No, no, no. Florentino Perez is a gangster. And a gangster would never appoint Luis Enrique to Real Madrid because Luis Enrique didn't call up anyone of Real Madrid when he was the manager of Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona, of the national team of Spain. Sergio Ramos didn't even get called up. That was embarrassing. Or maybe a gangster. Or, may, or maybe. Or maybe he wants it. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, it, hey, no, no. It, but I'm going to say, Ancelotti. It'd be, one hell, it'd be one hell of a twist. That's it, for sure. Well, the conspiracy. <laughs> that's a conspiracy. <laughs> no, but I, I like it. I like it. It's a bold shout. But what I want to say <laughs> with Real Madrid, it's. I see Vinicius to be as even coming up too. Sergio Arribas coming up too. They have to yeah. keep Sergio Arribas. If they don't. Yeah. Any top three team in Portugal, please go and sign up with uh, Sergio Arribas. Outside yeah. of the top five, even... I, I can mention that in the other pod. <laughs> but Vinicius, <laughs> I want to say, with Real Madrid staying on the topic, it's Vinicius Junior yeah. this season has 20 goals scored and 14 assists. And it's because of the development of Carlo Ancelotti with the unbelievable duo with Karim Bezema. No doubt, I'll yeah. say... Vinicius Jr. is the best Brazilian player right now in football. Right now in football. He deserves that title. And that's why I think Ancelotti so referred to go to the Brazil national team. Because Miro likes him. And then Militão likes him. Rodrigo likes him. Hendrik, that's going to Real Madrid, he even likes him too. And he's regarded as one of the future players of Brazil, like sure. Vitor Roque too. If I'm mentioning Hedrick, I want to mention Vitor Roque too. So, yep. yeah, just wanted to shout that yep. out too. And yeah, Hazard. Yes, first game mm -hmm. since, since uh, what? Since September 2021, Hazard finally assist. has played for Real Madrid and he has, yes, an assist. An assist there you go. that, well, uh, I don't think he'll do too much, but that's already nice to see him being involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, him being involved. Yep. Well, beyond, let's see, beyond Barcelona and Real Madrid, though, I just have one. I gotta, I gotta put it on. Um, mm -hmm. I gotta register my affection mm. for Gab Gabri Vega. Okay. Uh, mm. The more I watch uh, of this Celta Vigo uh, midfielder, absolutely phenomenal movement. Um, you know his IQ. I mean, 20, 20 years old. Okay. Uh, he's got nine goals. He's got three assists and 18 uh, starts this season. He's already got, I think he's got five goals, two assists in just his last seven or eight starts. Um, and this is a kid that I think you're going to see. We, we don't talk about him because Gavi and Pedri, right? We don't talk True. about him, right? Um, start to. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Just so, start to go look at him. Go watch him. I mean, Celta Vigo is not exactly, you know, top three material won't be uh, anytime soon, but he is leading that team. He is leading that squad with nine goals, three assists. Um, and it's already becoming clear that everybody is starting to catch up to it in terms of the scouting department. They're starting to prepare things. Manchester City is what I hear first in line. I believe even Fabrizio Romano might have actually confirmed that. Um, but they're first in line, at least pole position to sign this kid, Gabri Vega. Um, beyond that, we all know Liverpool's looking to completely add, uh, probably overhaul their whole entire midfield. Gabri Vega has been mentioned in the past Should with be. him. Uh, but beyond that, um, Real Madrid is to be honest, the more likely location for all of this mm. as they overhaul and continue to overhaul their attack, um, or their midfield and their depth. Uh, more importantly, but Gabri Vega, he's one that, yes, it's easy to watch Barcelona every day. It's easy to watch Real Madrid every day and pontificate what's going to happen next. But here I am looking at this and saying three midfield talents, all 20 or younger, okay, hmm. between Gavi, Pedri, and yes, I'm putting Gabri Vega up there, not above Gavi or Pedri, but my goodness, to have those types of, those three talents in your midfield and to know that you are going to Bacetich. see them for the next decade plus uh, in La Furia, what is it? La Furia Roja, right? <laughs> in their lineup. I mean, that is just, first off, it's unfair. Well, it's just unfair. Well, it's beautiful. Definitely Liverpool should be looking at Gabri Vega. They should be yeah. looking at Ugart 
and they should be looking yeah. at Manu Kone. All these midfielders would add value to this Liverpool team that they need, need in midfield. Yeah. 100%. Great shout. And my... 40 my million. Uh, 40. Oof, that's... Uh, but 40 million. Still not bad. Not bad. It, Release it's a good deal. And 60 million with Ugart. Release clause too. Great bargains, in my opinion. I think Kone, you can get him for 50 million too. So these three midfielders yeah. expect moves from them this summer. But another player that I hope he doesn't move and he stays another season at PSV is Xavi mm. Simmons, okay? Xavi Simmons is 19 years old. He started for Netherlands against France, okay, at 19. And he's won the Eredivisie Player of the Month for the second time. Second time this season. One of the best under-20 talents in the world and the best decision of his career to leave PSG and join PSV. What a moment yeah. it was. Bakayoko going bold, like with Rudvanista Roitu. I love it. I yeah. love it. I wanted P to shout out. Of. PSG has a buyback clause too, don't they? But, um, but I know Chabi has to agree to it. Exactly. Though. Exactly. Right. I was going to okay. say that. And it's so, cheap. It's I, cheap, right? It's million. like 14 million or 12. 12. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that ain't happening. Chavi, please um, don't go. Go. Stay. Don't. Stay. Stay at PSV. But, or go to another team maybe you might have a better opportunity yeah but, but the crazy thing is is um i guess if you're going to go to another team within the ear division mm. you'd probably want to everybody seems to be jumping on uh the feyenoord <laughs> arnie slot feyenoord bandwagon i believe they're now 22 games unbeaten um i believe they now have a six point lead at the top of the ear division um, doing all that after losing all the talent that we named in the last podcast, they're probably going to lose a lot of talent this summer as well. Um, but uh, it is really, really fun to watch. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're really bummed about the Bundesliga race kind of being over with, now that uh, Bayern has a whopping two-point advantage on uh, Dortmund, uh, definitely go check out the Eredivisie race because – it's still pretty close with Feyenoord at six points atop uh, and PSV and Ajax chasing. And if you don't know the name Orkin Koksu, which you might because he might be joining Benfica, right? Um, <laughs> that is a that is a guy that um, this Feyenoord team is built around, and it's wonderful uh, to see. That's true. Yeah. And plays for Turkey as a starter. Great shout. Yes, and does. Feyenoord with Arnslot, 22 games unbeats and, and the development of the yeah. squad over the years. They were in the conference Huge. league last season. They're in the Europa League this season. And I think next Roma. season, they're going to be in the Champions League. And they're going to sell Coxu, Santiago Jimenez to great, mm. great top goal scorer. And they sold in the past yeah. Malasia, Senesi, and Sinistera. And they managed to find yeah. replacements. So great shout out to that. And Orsons, yeah. obviously, to Befica too. But people... Yes. Don't forget to like this video, episode 99, episode 100 the next week. Go bold in the topics and say, do you want to see a start bench sell? Do you want to see a specific topic in the next podcast? And yes, Brenton, do you have any last shouts? Just one last shout, because mm -hmm. if you're not aware, apparently there's an Erling Holland running around in Belgium. Okay. Mm. Uh, his name is Gift Orban. We've talked about him now the last several episodes. 20 years old. He is absolutely unstoppable right now. I'm calling him Erling Holland because he's putting up Erling Holland numbers. Uh, this man, Orban, has been there at Ghent. He plays for Ghent. Uh, he has been there for not even two months, and he has 14 goals, two assists in 10 games. <laughs> 10 starts i should say he was just signed two months ago okay so if you don't know his name go check him out right now because very very shortly in the next several months there will be a bidding war on gift orban and uh it will likely go higher i think than the 27 million record transfer fee that kaa against got when they sold jonathan david mm. for 27 million back in the day uh just need to bring him up because uh, you might have looked at the Nigeria results uh, in their AFCON qualifiers over the last week or two and been thoroughly underimpressed by names like Victor Osimhen, uh, Ihianacho. Um, Gift Orban is one that they might want to try to uh, kind of break things up and maybe get one of those young bucks in there. And all these guys are young that we're talking and about. Too. Get him in there. 
Uh, yeah, Sid Jill was. And, and Boniface, absolutely. Boniface will definitely move on. Um, and um, wait, Boniface, mm-hmm. no, it's Adingra that's already contracted to Brighton. Uh, but Boniface mm-hmm. is one that if you're looking for a striker, yes. But Gift Orban, another one. I think his mm-hmm. price just went up from, he's got to be above 20 million now. And I think it's going to, Ghent would be dumb after two months to let him go for less than what they got for Jonathan David. Jonathan David's best season in a Ghent shirt was 21 goals, if I'm not mistaken. In 10 starts, Orban is two-thirds of the way there almost. Great show. That's a great show. Like, I, and Gift Orban, being Nigerian too with Bonnie Fass, yeah. like, yeah, I agree with you. He might be going for more than the Jonathan David price tag. And if you want cheap players, okay, in Primera Liga, outside of the top three, you got Fran Navarro, Ivan Jaime, Alexandre Pernetra, Luis Junior, and Ibrahima Bamba. Okay, I wanted to shout out all these players. Watch them out, because all of them can play in a Wolves within the Premier League. I'm saying that right now. All the players I mentioned outside of the top three, of the Primera Liga. But again, don't forget to like this video, episode 99. And if you're here until now, thank you, thank you for going bold, community.